وهم الذين بنوا منازل سيرهم بين الرجا والخوف للديان وهم الذين ملا الاله قلوبهم بوداده ومحبه الرحمن وهم الذين قد اكثروا من ذكره في السر والاعلان والاحيان بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم the brothers and sisters and welcome back to our lessons on the poem السير إلى الله والدار الآخرة the journey to Allah and the home of the hereafter by the great Imam Imam al-Sa'di رحمه الله today we have reached the third line in which the Sheikh رحمه الله says وهم الذين بنوا منازل سيرهم بين الرجا والخوف للديان Those who build the stations of their journey between being fearful and being hopeful or and they are the ones who built the stations of their journey between fear and hope for the one who will bring them to account The Sheikh says in his commentary rahimahullah meaning that in their journey they attach themselves to khawf, to fear, and hope, raja, in all their affairs, clinging to them. They do this by inspecting their own faults regarding the fulfillment of Allah's rights, which brings fear in them, and by reflecting upon Allah's bounties and kindness upon them, which instills hope in them. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he said, The heart in its journey to Allah, majestic is he, is like that of a bird. Love is its head, and fear and hope are its two wings. When the head and two wings are sound, the bird flies gracefully. If the head is severed or cut off, the bird dies. If the bird loses one of its wings, it then becomes a target for every hunter or predator. Imam Sa'adi continues to say, They reflect over Allah's attributes of greatness wisdom and justice, which induces or brings fear in them. And they reflect upon the divine attributes of mercy, generosity and kindness, having hope in what they necessitate or bring. So when they do an act of goodness, they combine between having fear and hope, hoping for its acceptance, but being fearful, it will be rejected. If they do an act of evil, they fear being punished, but hope in being forgiven by the grace and favor of Allah. Between fear and hope they fluctuate, to them they constantly turn to seek shelter, and from them the affairs of their journey alternate. Indeed, they are the ones who succeed with flying colors, they are the ones who are victorious. Now Abu Al-Qayyim rahimahullah, whilst explaining the distinction or the difference between true hope and tamanni or wishful thinking, he said, Rahimahullah, the difference between it and me wishful thinking is that me wishful thinking involves laziness, wherein the person neither exerts himself nor strives to achieve what he wishes for. Hope, however, or raja, entails striving, exertion, and beautiful reliance. The first is like the one who wishes that the earth would plant and sow its own seeds for him. The second is like the one who actually tills the soil, plants the seed, and then hopes the crops will grow. So in other words, my dear brothers and sisters, hope or raja is not correct except if it comes or is accompanied by action. So my dear brothers and sisters, a true believer 
is continuously between fear and hope. And a true believer is in a constant state of reflection, reflecting upon the shortcomings they have in fulfilling the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which in turn brings fear. Also, a true believer constantly reflects upon the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He thinks about this and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been kind towards him and this leads him to have hope. Likewise, the true believer is in a constant state of reflection upon the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, such as greatness, honor, his wisdom and justice, and thus they fear for themselves from what these attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala entail. Also, when they reflect upon Allah's mercy, his generosity, his kindness, his goodness, this necessitates hope. So my dear brothers and sisters, a true believer is always between fear and hope. When they do a good deed, they hope that it's accepted, but they also fear that it may be rejected. If they fall into sin, they fear the consequences of this sin, but then they seek forgiveness and hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives them. Therefore, the believer is in a constant state of being between fear and hope. And fast they are from the ones that have taken the road or the journey to be from the successful ones. We ask Allah to make us from those who are successful in this world and the next. In line of verse number four, the Sheikh then says, Those whose hearts the Divine has filled with devotion to Him and love for the Most Merciful. Now this station, my dear brothers and sisters, is speaking about mahabba and mahabba or love is the foundation of all levels and from it all righteous and beneficial actions are established and that is the loftiest of levels ibn qayyim rahimahullah he says regarding love or mahabba it is the station for which the competitors compete to it do the workers fix their gaze for reaching its mark, do the forerunners strive upon it? Do the lovers annihilate themselves? And with its refreshing breeze, do the worshippers revive themselves? It is the heart's strength, the soul's nourishment, and the eye's splendor. My dear brothers and sisters, love or mahabba refers to the heart being attached to the beloved, such that it needs this love and cannot do without it. This requires the lover withhold from all that the beloved detests or hates and hasten towards all that the beloved is pleased with doing so readily willingly and eagerly if he speaks he speaks for allah if he remains silent he does so for allah if he moves it is for allah if he remains still it is for him this love then gives rise to a yearning and restlessness for allah such that the lover never feels settled unless in his devotion so the one who truly loves allah my dear brothers and sisters leaves off all the things that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes and hates and is not pleased with therefore rushing to all that pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this will only emanate or come from a heart that is pleased and content. And therefore all his actions are motivated by this love. If he does an action, it is for Allah. If he doesn't do an action, it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His wala, his bara, his love is for Allah. His hate is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is from the traits of a true believer. Loving Allah, my dear brothers and sisters, 
necessitates loving all that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and is pleased with. And from this love is loving the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, as is found in Sahih al-Bukhari, none of you truly believe until I become more beloved to him than his parents, children, and all of mankind. Loving Allah, my dear brothers and sisters, also necessitates loving the people of Tawheed, loving the people of the Sunnah, which in turn means being their companions and aiding them when they are in need. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Patiently stick with those who call upon their Lord, morning and evening, seeking His face. Do not let your eyes look beyond them, desiring the luxuries of this world. And do not obey those whose hearts we have made heedless of our remembrance, who follow their desires, and whose state is a state of loss. And this ayah is found in Surah Al-Kahf, ayah 28. My dear brothers and sisters, as the ulama have said, the pillars of the ibadah of the heart are love, fear, and hope. Or al-mahabba, al-khawf, and al-raja. These are the pillars of the worship of the heart. Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, The reasons which cause mahabba of Allah to develop, or the love of Allah to develop, are ten. Firstly, reciting the Qur'an reflecting and understanding its meaning and its intent. Secondly, drawing closer to Allah the Most High through optional deeds after fulfilling the obligatory duties. Thirdly, being continuous in dhikr or the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the tongue, the heart and the limbs under all circumstances. The more constant the dhikr, the more the mahabba or the love develops and intensifies. Fourthly, giving precedence or priority to what Allah loves over personal loves when being overcome by desires. Fifthly, contemplating and pondering over the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sixthly, recognizing and remembering the favors and bounties of Allah, both the manifest and hidden. Seventhly, to be humble and submissive before Allah and this is the greatest matter. Eighthly, to be in seclusion reciting the Qur'an during the time in which Allah descends to the lowest heaven, finishing this recitation with seeking Allah's forgiveness and repenting to Him. 
And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven during the last word of every night, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in a way that suits his majesty. Ninthly, to sit in the gatherings of true and sincere lovers of Allah, reaping the fruits of their speech, and not to speak except if there is a benefit in it, and that you know that such talk will increase you in goodness, and that it will benefit others as well. Tenthly, to stay clear of all those causes which distances the heart from Allah, the mighty and majestic. So these are the 10 reasons which cause the person to develop true love for Allah. And this is found in Madarij al-Salikin by Ibn al-Qayyim rahimuhullah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us his love and the love of those who love him and the love of those actions which bring us close to him. Moving on to the next line or verse, my dear brothers and sisters, in verse number five, the Imam he says, Rahimullah. And they are the ones that were abundant in his remembrance in secret or in private, in open or in public, and in all situations or at all times in continuance. My dear brothers and sisters, this is a noble or honorable station that every person is in need of. Rather, it is an absolute necessity to adhere to it over all other needs, since the remembrance of Allah is busying one's time and due to it all distress, depression and difficulties are removed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبِ Indeed, or verily, in the remembrance of Allah, do the hearts find peace, or the hearts are content. My dear brothers and sisters, due to the remembrance of Allah, happiness and contentment is achieved. It is the reason by which empty hearts are filled, just as it is the reason for one's garden in paradise to be planted. As is found in the hadith narrated by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, I met Ibrahim السلام, on the night of my ascension, meaning during his mi'raj to the heavens. So he said, and Ibrahim السلام, said, O Muhammad, send greetings from me to your nation and inform them that paradise has pure soil and palatable and sweet water and that it is a flat treeless plain and that its seeds are, subhanallah, glory be to Allah, and alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah and la ilaha illallah. None has the right to be worshipped but Allah and Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. And this hadith is found in Sunan al-Tirmidhi and has been declared sahih by Shaykh al-Albani rahimuhullah. My dear brothers and sisters, true remembrance of Allah helps the slave reach the highest of levels. The remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has unlimited benefits and numerous virtues that cannot be enumerated and does not end. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he mentioned more than 70 benefits of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu thkurullaha dhikran kathira. Ayyuhu believe, remember Allah much. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, to the man that said, Indeed, the legislated acts of worship have overwhelmed me, or 
the duties of Islam are many for me, so instruct me or advise me. The Prophet وسلم, said to him, make your tongue constantly moist with the remembrance of Allah. And this hadith is found in Sunan al-Tirmidhi and was classified sahih by Shaykh al-Albani rahimuhullah. The remembrance of Allah, my dear brothers and sisters, is a light, is nur for the one remembering Allah in his heart, speech, grave, and on the day of resurrection, and Allah's aid is sought. Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimuhullah, he said, I heard Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimuhullah, say, Dhikr is to the heart as water is to a fish. See what happens to a fish when it is taken out of water. Ibn al-Qayyim, he said that I once attended the morning prayer or the Fajr prayer of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah after which he sat down and engaged in dhikr until it was almost midday. He then turned to me and said, this is my morning meal. If I do not do it, my strength diminishes. So my dear brothers and sisters, in this lesson we spoke about the importance of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala based upon love, fear, and hope and we finished off by speaking about the importance of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that the Muslim should be in a constant state of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether it be reading the Quran doing the athkar seeking knowledge and so on and so forth and with that we conclude today's lesson barakallahu fikum wallahu alam wa sallallahu ala nabina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wassalamu alaykum ورحمه الله وبركاته وهم الذين بنوا منازل سيرهم بين الرجا والخوف للديان وهم الذين ملا الاله قلوبهم بوداده ومحبه الرحمن وهم الذين قد اكثروا من ذكره في السر والاعلان والاحيان